We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talk About Flow Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in, whether it's on the audio side, Spotify, Apple, or whether you're checking this out on YouTube. Appreciate you all. I am, uh, well, I'm always happy to do a podcast, but I am really excited about today because one of my favorite things from doing this podcast over the first four plus years or so, especially the first two years, is getting an opportunity to have people from the sports media or, or athletes, former, current Buffalo Bills on and giving you guys an opportunity to know more about them beyond just the great work that they do or what they do on the field. But truth be told, at some point, I pretty much have had just about everybody from the Buffalo media, whether it's news media, sports media. So been a long time since I've gotten to have one of these types of shows, which makes me even more excited today because I have on Elena Getzenberg from ESPN.com, Buffalo Bills beat reporter. First of all, how you doing? But before we even get to anything, I do want to say I've been following you since you came to Buffalo in September. I just, I know how busy it gets and you literally, and we're going to talk about your life and your career, which again, these are one of these, these are my favorite types of episodes, but it's like you literally jumped into the fire. It's not like you had time to come to Buffalo and unwind and chill for a couple of months. I mean, you literally dove right in, you're busy during the season and you got free agency and the draft. So I wanted to wait for the right time. The draft just passed. So this is the right time. How are you doing? Great to have you on the podcast. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, that is very true. <laughs> this has been like the first stretch where I've been like, oh, okay, I can take a breath. Um, yeah. My first official day with ESPN was Friday. And then the week one was that it was two days after. So That's it was crazy. literally like <laughs> a little too much. So yes, finally getting to take a deep breath and enjoy Buffalo. So it's That's, been exciting. That is crazy, Elena. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, I remember talking to Matt Perino and he joined uh, the beat with New York up and that was in the summer right before camp, which I mean, that was jumping into the fire too, but that seems like a vacation compared to what it was like with you. Even Marcel, the way he came about um, covering the bills and we'll talk about some media stuff like that in just a little bit. But like I said, when I have somebody on for the first time, these are my favorite types of episodes because my goal is, and we might talk a little bit of Buffalo bills today, but my goal is for everybody who's gotten to know you since September, everyone who's followed your work is to 
give people an opportunity to know a little bit more about you, your story, you know, your career up to this point and stuff like that. And uh, let me start. And let me also say this, by the way, for everybody listening, everybody watching, Elaine and I talked for what, 25, 30 seconds before we started taping quite literally the first conversation in person, at least that, you know, that we've ever had we talked a little bit on Twitter. So a lot of the stuff that Elaine is going to talk about it, it reveals, I don't literally, I don't know about it either. Sometimes I, I know some stuff at a time. I don't know nothing <laughs> right now. So let's kind of go back to the beginning, man. Like I, and I read, and I, I could be wrong. I read you're from Maryland originally, but you kind of grew up, uh, you spent time there in Pittsburgh growing up. So it's very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> That's like whenever someone asks where I'm from, it's like, like do we have to so to make it quick and easy i was born in pittsburgh um lived there for the first 10 years of my life and then moved to baltimore maryland so got you're good um and then was there through high school graduated high school there and then went to college so i've lived in different places i went to college in california so i've lived all over the country but i i'm more so i say i'm from pittsburgh that's kind of where I feel like I grew up more, but it was really half and half. So did you grow up, did you grow up a, a fan of any specific teams? Like, did you grow up a fan of the Pittsburgh teams or did you not care about them? Did you have your own favorite teams? Um, I, yes. I'm always scared to like bring this up with Buffalo <laughs> folks, nah. but yes, I did grow up. I grew up as a Steelers fan. Mm -hmm. I grew up as a, I'm still a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. I'm, not sure how <laughs> that goes over um pirates i was that was kind of the sports world i grew into but i think it's also one of my favorite things is being from pittsburgh because otherwise i wouldn't love football as a sport the way sure. i do because it was just it's western pennsylvania everything you know it's similar it's very similar to buffalo actually just pittsburgh like the vibe so Football's so important um, from like all levels up. And that's where I fell in love with it. And of course, you know, <laughs> now it's a career and all that, but that is where Pittsburgh and just seeing the, how much that community cares about football is where my love of the sport came from. What were some of the things as a youngster that you were into? Obviously, uh, I'm sure you, I mean, you just talked about it. You were a sports fan at a young age too. What were some of, uh, whether it's sports or just other things that, that you're into as a kid is you kind of, you know, you, you kind of mold yourself as, as a child and eventually, and we're going to talk about you going to school and when you decided that this was when you wanted to do with your life. But as a young kid, like what were some of the things that you really enjoyed? Yeah. Not writing. I hated writing. So yeah, really <laughs> not that at all. Um, I played <laughs> a lot of soccer. So sports was a huge part of my life um, from watching and playing my Parents had us playing a lot of sports, but I really loved. I wish I was a better athlete, but I have no hand-eye coordination at all. So, but I love soccer, so I played that for um, almost all the way through high school. So that was a huge part of my life. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I think you know, into things normal kids are in. Definitely, I mean, sports more than like a lot of girls that I was friends with at the time, um, and boys a lot of the time too. Sure. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I mean, I did a lot of like. I don't know. I was pretty normal, normal kid stuff. I think it was sports, you know, music, that kind of thing. Um, nothing super outside the norm. Uh, I, there was no big like outside activity or anything like that. Um, just nerdy stuff. I did a lot of a lot of my time was spent on school. So that's not so fun. <laughs> now, you said when you were 
a young kid, at least anyway, you, you hated writing. Mm -hmm. I think that's so fascinating. I've talked to, I've, I've had an opportunity to talk to so many sports media people, especially from the Buffalo area on this through the years. And, and it just, it's crazy to me how much it varies. Like there's some, and everyone turns out to be an excellent reporter, but there's some people who they knew when they were six, seven years old, they, they could barely spell their name, but they knew like right away. They were like, I know I want to be a writer. I want to be in sports media. And then there's other people who never really uh, gave it a second thought. Matt Perino's a perfect example. He, he didn't know when he was by high school that he was, he wanted to be a beat reporter. You know what I mean? It kind of came later in life, whereas other people, they know right away. At what point, and was it even before you went to college? Which Because that kind of fascinates me as well. So I, I'm looking forward to asking you about that. But was it like sometime in high school? Was it in college where you really decided that, hey, I like doing this? Also, I mean, a lot of people like to write, but there's a difference between enjoying writing and being good at it. Like, at what point did you realize that, hey, I'm a good writer and, you know, maybe I, I might be able to turn this into some type of career? Yeah, so that, it's a really interesting thing because, like you said, it's I've met a bunch of people like you referenced that were like, "Yep, I, I knew like right away right. what I was gonna do." So I definitely know what you mean there. But yeah, for me, through high school, like I hated writing. Like it was, I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't doing that much of it outside of like the requirements. Um, so when I was going to college, I kind of so I went to Berkeley and. I had a lot of choices and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I wanted to go to a school that had a lot of like a state school that had a lot of options and I could kind of figure that out. But I knew I was like, I thought it'd be, I remember thinking like in high school, oh, that'd be cool to like report on a team for like a student newspaper, but like very vaguely, like sure. not seriously. Um, and then when I got to college, I was looking for clubs to join and all that. And I was like, eh, I'll apply for the student newspaper and who knows? Um, and I got in and started covering men's and women's golf at Cal and knew nothing about golf. And it was <laughs> horrific. I Please don't look up those stories. <laughs> so, so bad. But I, I just, I never stopped. It was that freshman semester, first semester of college, writing about golf. I hated golf at the time and like didn't get it. And then I just kept going and didn't stop after that. So even in high school, like you, like a lot of people who go on and become journalists, whether it's sports, news media, whatever it may be, they're by that point, they're the editor, maybe the editor in chief of their high school newspaper and stuff like that. That really wasn't your thing, even in high school then, huh? Mm -mm. I did not, nothing to that, nothing that would make you think this person's going to be a sports reporter in high school at all. So, so your, your high school yearbook doesn't read most likely to become a Buffalo Bills beat reporter then. No, but that's the thing too. <laughs> like we had, it definitely does it. And it also, you know, like we had a student newspaper in high school and I just had literally no interest at all. So you just never know, I guess. <laughs> what were you, what were you good at academically? Yeah, in high school. I mean, obviously, listen, you got into Cal Berkeley, which I want to ask you about that in a second. But obviously, you had options, choices. You, you, you were a good student, even if writing wasn't your thing. Like, wh what were you excelling at that you were afforded opportunities to go? Yeah, I mean, I don't know excelling, but I did a lot. <laughs> I did a lot of student government. Um, I was like very involved in that. Um, I'm like, I did a lot of volunteer stuff. We had like different clubs with that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I did mock trial for a little bit. I like did all sorts of different things. Like I, I did a lot of experimenting, 
but nothing that was writing involved. Like it was all like more just going out and doing things um, and more active versus like sitting down and writing. So whole bunch of stuff and none of it, like I had a bunch of friends that like wrote, did yearbook and like worked for the newspaper. And I was like, that sounds fun. Cool. Good for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, I think people from high school are probably like surprised that I'm, that I'm here now, but I, I haven't asked them. So. One of, one of the, uh, one of the things that fascinates me about your career and just your trajectory in general is that you said so you you grew up in pittsburgh or you're born in pittsburgh you spent 10 mm -hmm. years there and you moved to the baltimore area and, and you go to school there and you go to cal berkeley which is like literally on the other side of the country for uh well ultimately for journalism but yeah. what made you want to go to cal berkeley specifically and were there other schools that like you were strongly considering other schools that you came close to going to or was it like cal berkeley for you pretty much all the way no, not at all. So I knew I didn't want to be in the state of Maryland, <laughs> which like, I like Maryland. It's a great place. But for me, um, a lot of people from high school went to the same school, went to Mar University sure. of Maryland. And I just, it was time. Um, so I applied all over the country, actually. It was a very broad search. Um, and I, I, like I said, I didn't know what I was looking for. So I applied to all sorts of schools. Um, and Berkeley was probably one of the better ones I got into it was Michigan and UCLA were also top contenders at the end there um Carnegie Mellon and Pittsburgh but I ultimately yeah just I do have family out in Northern California so it wasn't like I was completely out there alone my grandmother lives out there but it was the scariest thing I've ever done um moving all the way across the country I knew no one going culture to shock huh Culture shock going from uh, yeah. like Maryland all the way <laughs> to the other coast in California. Yes, most definitely. And it was also just like a lot of kids knew each other there because they went from like high schools into Berkeley. Like they all had friends already. And it was no, I knew no one. So very daunting. But the I'm don't it was a great choice because it pushed me to like be very in an uncomfortable situation. And it was I, I loved it there. So. Sure. Now, for somebody, for a lot of people, like say someone like myself, I grew up in Buffalo. Well, yeah, actually, I did grow up in Buffalo. I've lived in some of the suburbs, but basically, mm -hmm. you know, Buffalo's Buffalo. All the suburbs are basically Buffalo. Anyway, we all in cities like this, you grow up together, you go to high school with guys mm -hmm. and, and girls together. Some of you go to colleges together, the local, the state colleges, whatever. Then you end up in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. You're at the same bars, you know, hanging out, having like <laughs> high school reunions, like seemingly every month and stuff like that. So you knew pretty much when you were even a teenager, you're like, all right, nothing against Maryland. Like to your point, it's not like you hated it, but you knew at that point that you really wanted to branch out and, and live a little bit and, and go see other parts of the of the country and experience different cultures. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, I don't know why I really, to be honest, like where that strong feeling was coming from, like why I felt that way. But I, there were so many schools like out there to choose from. And I was like, what are the options? Where could I go? Um, it was, I'm really, really close with my family. So it was pretty weird for me to be like, I want to go like so far. So that was I don't, I wish I understood, you know, 18 year old Elena a little better maybe, but yeah, it was, it was very daunting, but, and yeah, I mean, I think, I think I knew that like I needed to 
be in a new environment to kind of figure things out and that sure. sort of thing. And going across the country was certainly a new environment. I, and, so. and, and I respect the fact that, you know, you're pretty much saying at that point in your life, you weren't quite sure what you were going to do with your life. And as an adult at that time, usually if somebody is from one area and they go to another part of the country or something for school, it's usually because maybe they're, uh, they're getting recruited as an athlete or they're going to a specific school for a specific reason, for sure that they're locked in and you weren't at that point, you still had it to figure out, which I, I love that part. I, I think that's a really cool story. Talk about your experiences. All right. So now leading up to going to Cal Berkeley, you never really cared too much about writing. It wasn't your thing. And, you know, sports journalism definitely wasn't your thing at that point, but it obviously became your thing when you were at school at Cal Berkeley. Talk about your experience joining that newspaper a little bit. And just for people who are listening, young people who might, uh, you know, they might go to college and they, and they might want to kind of get into that same field. Like what was that experience like for you and uh, learning what you learn and just the, ex the college experience of being writing for a newspaper? Yeah, it was awesome. It was by far my favorite thing I did in college and nothing like it is what I remember most. It's the relationships I still mm -hmm. nothing comes close to that. Um, and like the biggest thing for me was kind of like I referenced earlier, I wanted to cover Cal football <laughs> and like that wasn't something freshmen or sophomores really got to do. Right. So you had to kind of, you know, pave that path. And I had to say when they said, can you cover golf? I had to say, yep. <laughs> like you just, you got to jump in. You have to do those things. I covered so many different sports, so much swimming, um, diving, uh, field hockey, like, you know, like all, all kinds of sports and you say yes to those things. And honestly, some of my favorite stories from college where I also was not, uh, basketball is not super big in Pittsburgh or Baltimore. So like, right. I wasn't like watching a ton of basketball or anything like that, but I covered men's basketball. I covered women's basketball and wrote some stories that I'm to this day, like proud of and like thought were really cool and had experiences. So I think the biggest thing for me was being open to like trying all those different sports. Um, and I also was an editor for a year, which also I highly recommend for any writers because <laughs> editing your own work is half the battle and I'm sure. still not great at that, <laughs> but we're, we're making progress, but it's so important to be an editor and to kind of hone those skills. So I loved it. It was a lot of late nights. It was, I don't know when I did my homework <laughs> some of those years, but I, every second of it was amazing. And I think, you know, through that, it was like, oh, some possibly someone would pay me to like do this full time. That was when it first started entering my brain was kind of later, like as the years went on. At what point did you start to get a lot more confident in your talent and your abilities? Because again, I mean, you're, you're saying it that when you first started covering sports, you covered sports that you really didn't know well. Obviously, that's a very arduous task to, to, to learn them, let alone cover them. At what point did you start to really feel confident in yourself that, hey, man, you know what? I can do this. Yeah, I, it took a while. <laughs> I don't know if it was in college, even when I was like getting internship, when I started getting internships and stuff, because the journalism internship process is horrible. They're so hard to get. They're very competitive. Um and there was a lot of doubt involved with that. I think definitely my first, I covered, um, for context, my first season covering Cal football was Jared Goff's junior year at Berkeley. So I covered him becoming the number one pick in the draft. Oh, that's which, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which if you had that. watched much call, we, like, when we, when we heard that was, you know, coming along that he might be the number one pick, 
shocked. He played horribly for half of that season. So <laughs> it was quite the surprise. And yeah. I think that take held up pretty well. So, <laughs> um, so doing that whole process, I think covering football for a season of sport, I knew so well, you know, made me more confident because it was seeing like, okay, all these skills now combined with a sport I, I'm already so knowledgeable about, like, I can do this more confidently and feel like I can tell better stories because I know the sport so well. Um, so I think it was like combining all my skill sets helped, but it was also just getting more experience, like the internships I did. Um, and yeah, seeing people doing it, like what, what it was like as a job and being like, Oh, I could do that like full time. I think that also helped. Before, before going to the Charlotte observer mm -hmm. between school or internships or, or stuff you did before Charlotte, I, I've read, you worked in a couple different markets after California, right? Where were you before Charlotte? Yeah, I think the latest count, this was, this is like a, a fact that I've tried to really, like, I'm pretty proud of. I've lived in six or seven states. I, it's like doing the math is hard, but I've lived a lot of places. So That's cool. Um, I interned, I covered the St. Louis Cardinals for a season, which was cool because you got to know your baseball in St. Louis, similar to Buffalo fans. They have no problem telling you <laughs> if there's something they feel you need to know, right. which is a great experience. Um, and then I actually moved to New York, uh, New York city and covered, um, I worked for CBS sports. So I did a little TV, um, a little background work, mostly on NFL, but also, um, like the NCAA tournament I helped out with and some college football, but a lot of NFL stuff. So like the NFL Today pregame show and like some of their games and that sort of thing. Um, and then what did I do after that? And then I moved to Dallas and worked for the Dallas Morning News for just six months, <laughs> which I don't recommend. But then I got the Observer job to cover the Panthers and it was just the perfect opportunity. So it just worked out that way. What a well-traveled young woman you were before you even really got your career going, which ultimately started really kickstarted anyway. And Charlotte, I mean, you're talking Pittsburgh, down Maryland, going to school mm -hmm. in California, St. Louis, New York, Dallas. That's pretty awesome. Let's talk about Charlotte. Now that was, uh, look at the notes. Like that was 2019, right? When you went to Charlotte. Yes. Am I reading that right? Yes. Where, uh, how did that opportunity come about for you? Like I said, you're going, you're interning, you're, you're working these jobs, you're working your mm -hmm. way up, you know, the, the sports media ladder, so to speak. How did that opportunity present itself for you to end up in Charlotte? Yeah, it's pretty boring. I sent an email. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> not boring. <laughs> I, um, yeah, so a lot of these jobs, like that's a McClatchy newspaper. And if you want me to go on a tangent one day, we can talk about <laughs> McClatchy because <laughs> anyway, um, so the, I like applied and I was like, no one's ever going to read this application. Like it went into some server somewhere, like who knows who's reading it. So I sent the sports editor there, there an email and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm super interested in this job. Here's my background, blah, 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 blah. Emailed me back like three minutes later and was like, let's talk. Um, and it just kind of went from there. And I started covering the Panthers mid-season, so, <laughs> which was an experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, yeah. I mean, you know what? Talk about uh, shooting your shot. That's pretty yeah. much literally what you did. You sent an email and it ends up leading to, uh, like I said, the real kickstart of, of, of your professional sports media career. I want to take a real quick break. I'm going to come back with the land on the other side. And then we're going to get into Buffalo because obviously Atlanta covers the bills. Now I'm interested in finding out how that came about. Plenty more coming up. Atlanta gets Dennisburg from ESPN. Be right back.
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, I'm back with Elena. So last year, I mean, for some people who didn't know anyway, out of nowhere, Marcel Luis Jacques, who's covered the Bills for a couple of years, he goes to Miami. Uh, by the way, Marcel is somebody that I've had on the show a couple of times. I, I got to know pretty well, pretty became pretty good friends. We went out for wings a couple of times in a couple uh, chicken wing episodes here. Anyway, I'm very interested in knowing this, how the opportunity came about from you to go from Charlotte to Buffalo, obviously with ESPN, as opposed to the newspaper that you worked at. And you can be completely honest with people. Was this, a, was this an easy decision? Was, was it a hard one to come to? How did this all play out? Yeah. So, so I've known Marcel for a bit, actually. We're very like, it, it all connects. So Marcel, sure. I'm sure everyone here probably listening and watching knows, was at the Charlotte Observer um, before he came to Buffalo. And so we followed the exact same path. Mm -hmm. And um, I received a phone call. Our boss, our both, both of our boss um, called me randomly. It was like I was packing for Panthers training camp um, <laughs> and said, hey, how do you feel about moving to Buffalo? <laughs> and in the moment, I was like, I don't know. I've never been to Buffalo. I don't know how I feel. Um, but I was like, it's ESPN. I know the bills are good and it's a really fun market. I was like, I, yeah, sure. Like <laughs> it was very, I didn't know how to feel. So long road, but, um, did interviews and all that. And it was a hard decision. Like, I, I don't think there's, I have no problem saying that. Um, I was finally like, I don't know if people really get know this from the outside. Um, being a beat reporter, it like takes years before you like, really get your groove you build sure. your relationships it's not something that you know happens overnight because the best beat reporters you know establish their connections really like know with their team and like mm -hmm. that, you can't manufacture that that takes time right um and i was feeling finally feeling like oh i got this in charlotte like it was like grooving we were great 
And so to pull myself out of that situation, you know, where I was living and to move again was daunting. Um, but with this team and with this, like I said, this market, knowing what I knew then and <laughs> still had to learn about Bill's fans and the community and all that and working for ESPN, um, kind of. And Marcel, Marcel called me many a times to convince me that I would not regret taking this job. So shouts to him. Um, kind of. That's how that's how it all that's how it all worked out. Um, I'll say this, too. It it is you, you to your point. You're a hundred percent right. You, you when you're a beat reporter and you come cover a team, it does take time to develop relationships. First of all, you get to know your colleagues, the people that you're working with. I mean, in a way, it's competition, but in a way, they're they're your colleagues, they're your peers. So you're getting to know them, and then you're getting to know a front office, a staff, a, a media relations staff, and then you're trying to develop relationships with the players. Which obviously, in COVID, that makes it's you know that's another story in itself how difficult that is. So yeah, sure, that's our. You know, I should ask you this too with Charlotte. Obviously, on the football side, on football side only, it was a shit show right there going on with the Carolina Panthers. But did you enjoy living in Charlotte? Like the area itself? Did you did you enjoy your time there? Yeah, I love Charlotte. Um yeah. it's a great city. I mean, it's not I didn't think I was gonna be there forever and ever. Um, but right. I did really love it. And you know, like you said, you make really like it's non-work side, you know, I had friends, you know, like it's a I was doing all right, but um, the weather is lovely <laughs> and you know, they can use a little bit. The fall here is 10 times, a thousand times better than the Charlotte fall. But yeah, I, I did enjoy it. And it, that was also part of the decision-making as well. Sure. Now, again, you get to Buffalo and I can't emphasize this enough. Everybody listening or watching how difficult it must've been for you to go from covering one team's beat to another for another outlet. And literally just days before the season starts, I just can't imagine how difficult that must be for you. And obviously you've done very well. So props to you, but okay. I, again, just how hard was it for you initially coming to Buffalo, which by the way, you said you've never been in this area before. You've never been here before. So on top of throwing yourself into the professional fire, you're looking for a place to live. You're trying to learn more about the place that you're going to be living in. That is a hell of a lot to have on someone's plate just days before the regular season starts. I, I just can't imagine how difficult that process, that part of it must have been for you. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> it was really hard. Um, the first couple of weeks, like weeks, probably through week three of the season, I was living in a hotel um, by the mall and like just like driving back and forth from Orchard Park and like having Chick-fil-A for dinner. It was not great. <laughs> um, but, we, you know, it, it was difficult. And it was also partly because um, I wanted to do such a good job and like really get myself like, OK, like the season starting, this could be a big season, like really jump in and all that. And it is it's hard when you're just you're learning the team as you go. Kind of. I had done as much research as I possibly could, but it's but until you're here, some of it's hard to do. So, um, yeah. And not having locker room access only made it more difficult because it's like sure. there's still guys on this team I haven't met yet because who obviously who are returning um, because they weren't made available. available right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just how it works. So that, that makes it harder 
Um, but like, I think I just did, what do I have to get done today was kind of my approach to the season. Cause if I like thought too much about like what actually was happening, I think I would have had like just a panic attack <laughs> every day. <laughs> you just kind of, there was a game that week, you know, what did I have to get done? Um, and just kind of going through it. And I'm way, way more excited for this season because I feel like now I know what to expect and sure. can really dive in a bit. Yeah, more. yeah, for sure. And one cool thing, like I said, about not having you on when you first came in, which again, it just <laughs> worked. You, you, you were spinning around in circles at that time, but now that you've had a full season and covering the team, um, you've gotten to know a lot of the people that you work alongside with pretty well, your peers, your colleagues here in Buffalo and everything I've heard is you fit in outstandingly well in the sports media community. I mean, these guys and girls, and I, I'm, I'm not just saying this because you're on my podcast. I truly honestly mean it. They, they've raved about you. Matt Perino, I'll call him out. <laughs> Matt Perino, John Scott have told me straight up, because when the hell are you going to have Lynn on this podcast? Because we went, in fact, we just did a, a show maybe two months ago or so. We did it at Imperial Pizza, and, and they both said that to me. And I'm like, after the season, I'm, she's busy. But anyway, what's it been like getting to know these guys and girls in the Buffalo sports media? It, it does seem... And I'm, I mean, I'm kind of asking a rhetorical question because I've asked a lot of people this, but it is competitive. I mean, it's always competitive because you mm -hmm. want to have the best story, of course, but also it, it does feel like the Buffalo sports media, for the most part anyways, is a pretty tight knit community. Would you agree? Yeah, they're all right. <laughs> they're they're all right. They're all right. <laughs> no, I, I have, Marcel had said great things. I was coming from a beat where I, I had some close friends and all that. It is, it's a weird environment really like you said it's competitive but like these are the people you're around every day so they become like friends mm -hmm. you know they it's a like any co-workers kind of it's a weird sure. thing um but no i have been um everyone's been great i've i found so many people on this beat that i really enjoy talking to that i find entertaining there's as everyone knows, there's so many personalities and like, <laughs> you know, like everyone's got their thing. And like, it's, I mean, just hanging out, like waiting for a press conference to start is fun. Um, everyone's been so welcoming. And like, I have lists of food recommendations from like four different people that I've not even like made a dent in yet, <laughs> because like, it's too many. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I've loved getting to know this media group. And I think it's really cool because there's a lot of people who like this struck me right away that like you kind of mentioned earlier, almost all of them are from Buffalo. So it's been interesting, like getting their different perspectives on like this team and like even just what Buffalo is like. Um, and everyone's been very nice and understanding like the newness to Buffalo and all of that sort of thing. Is that going to be part of the comfort process for you going in the next season? Obviously, now, you, you know, you're more familiar with the organization, some of the players, at least at least some of the players, you know, the job and all that stuff. But now you've also, again, after getting thrown into a fire to start the season, now you've had an entire offseason and you kind of feel like you feel like you're a little bit more on the same playing field as everybody else. Whereas last year you had three days and now you're covering, a, you know, you got to write a story on a on a team that you pretty much have seen very little. Yeah, you know I mean, just that comfort level is going to be much better for you going into this season. Right. Definitely. It's significantly better, but I'm, I would say I'm still learning. Um, sure. I, I think there's, yes, it's 10 times better. It's, it's only going to go up, but um, yeah, I mean, I think even like my understanding of like how like the smaller things work, you know, like it's like the stuff you wouldn't think about um, is so helpful 
and yeah, so I think I've made huge steps in that. I'm excited to cover a training camp. You know, I'm, I've never been to Rochester in my life. So like, that'll be cool. Yeah. Like, it's like things like that, where it's like crossing them off. I'm, it's a good vibe. I'm really excited about. So yeah, it's a good yeah. vibe. Fan Fans are great in Rochester. And to your credit, you did have big shoes to fill because Marcel was a popular sports media figure here. And you're following now in the same footsteps with all respect due to my man, Mike Rodak before him who covered the bills. Mm -mm. I love Mike. Mike was awesome, but as bills fans, not a fan because he was perceived anyway, as a big new England Patriots fan. So Marcel was like a fresher breath there to a lot of bills fans. And now you're carrying that torch. I'm going out. Let me ask you this too. What, what, what is your take on social media? Because Obviously, all you in the sports media, you, you have you have to use it. Yeah, I mean, you can't exist without sports media today. Your stories get right out as soon as you put something out. And obviously, it has tons of benefits. But there's also that ugly side to Twitter. And if you haven't experienced it yet, the longer you're here and the more stuff you put out, you're sooner or later, you're going to get those trolls, those stupid idiots who got stupid shit to say to you. You know what I mean? Like, What's your take towards social media? Do you is it pretty easy for you to balance? You know why you use it for work and you know also some relationships I'm sure that you have with people through Twitter. But at the same token, again, you you kind of how do you how do you treat the idiots? Like is it a quick block for you? Is just a mute? You just ignore it? Like what's your take on social media? Yeah, that, I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's something that's like we don't I don't personally talk about enough because it's such a huge part of my job. Sure. Um, so before I became a beat reporter, I hated Twitter. <laughs> like I yeah. thought it was the worst. And I still have mixed feelings about Twitter because I think sometimes, and like I, to answer your question, like I don't have a healthy balance, I don't think yet. And like, you know, is this work? Is this, per you know, like I'm still figuring out like how those balances work. And sure. I don't know if I'll ever get to, I hope I get to a happy place at some point, but it's hard not to be on like Twitter constantly, you know, like checking it and like seeing, you know, because I feel like it's my job. Um, but, you know, I think it's really hard. I think I've had a hard, I'll be honest, it's been interesting, like, because, so I came from covering the Panthers and I, I've said this you know, since I've been covering the Bills, a totally different fan base, like almost like a 180 from Bills fans who are so passionate, so knowledgeable. They read everything, sure. consume everything. And it's, you know, and I think that's awesome. I think it's, I would much rather cover a passionate, knowledgeable fan base that we can have conversations. I just think it's sometimes when, <laughs> you know, it's not like a logical conversation or like we lose it, like, things can be funny and mm -hmm. like, that's okay. It's okay. If something's like just a joke and then you don't have, not everything has to be taken super seriously or we can disagree. Like there was this whole thing with like the draft in the first round and would it be a running back? Would it be a blah, 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 whatever? And it's like, we're, we're all just mocking things. You know, we're like, it's, it's fun. It doesn't have to be if someone's wrong or like guess, you know, predicts incorrectly. That's okay. Like it doesn't have to be like, the end of the world or there's other right. examples but that's just one that came to mind where it's like i just saw people on twitter like reacting a little too strongly i thought in some cases where but it's and i said i think disagreeing is great we should if i write something and like 
you think, hey, they should have done X, Y, and Z. Like, that's great to have a conversation about it, but I don't have to be like, no one has to be a horrible person <laughs> because we have different views on football. Like, I think that's where the balance is. And almost, I would say like 85% of my interactions have been great. Like they've sure. been fantastic. It's just the outliers. And those are, of course, the ones that stick with you. Sure. Yeah. And of course, in the more popular you are, the more popular you get, the more people are going to be following you and the more people that are in, you're going to get drawn into stuff yeah. that you don't necessarily want to. And to your point, there is a difference between people who are passionate and don't agree with you. And maybe they're going a little overboard in, in their disagreements between those people. And then there's just assholes, man. There's just insightful seeking trolls who their sole purpose is to generate a reaction from you, whether it's anger or whatever it may be. Those are the people you, you got to just, you, you got to get rid of them again, whether it's blocking them or just not letting them ruin your day. That's where I think it could be a little tricky for guys and girls like yourself, you know, to kind of find that balance where it's like, I'm not going to let this jerk ruin my day. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, no that's totally. probably the biggest struggle. So now you've been here for a while. And again, you, you started right away. So you didn't get really an opportunity to, to know much about the city. And then the season ends and you probably, and I just came back. So I lived there my whole life. And then I moved to Florida for five years. I moved back last summer and I could tell you, this was probably the worst winter of my life. It was it never, <laughs> ever, ever felt like it was never going to end. I mean, we're in the second week of May and it's finally nice to go outside t-shirt and shorts, go take a nice little stroll around the neighborhood. That's really cool. You were here, so you would know. I mean, it was a long, relentless, consistent, windy, just terrible winter. Now, was this, as, again, you, you live in Charlotte, California, all these cities you mentioned. I mean, you grew up in Pittsburgh and mm -hmm. Maryland. So, you, I mean, it's not like you're not used to colder weather, but was this like really extreme? Was this a little bit difficult? Which, by the way, when I, I did see the one picture, Marcel kind of introduced you with the uh the snow scraper. I just thought that was hilarious. But how tough was it, honestly? And you can be honest because you haven't been here that long. Uh, how tough was this winter for you? Or was it not that tough? Yeah, I have used Marcel's snow scraper many <laughs> times. So shouts to Marcel. Thanks for passing it off. If you haven't seen that picture, it's it is pretty great. Marcel was super proud. He came up with it. All the credit to him for that. Um, That's funny. He was like, I don't need this at all <laughs> in yeah. Miami. And he no. does not. Um yeah, it was by far the most, I lived in Pittsburgh for a while, but it was, I didn't have to deal with something like this before. And it it was hard. I like to, people always told me, so I live in the Elmwood Village area mm -hmm. um, and people said, oh yeah, like it doesn't snow there as much, like as much as it does like in South Towns and like all this other, like near Orchard Park and all that. And I was like, oh great, cool, cool, cool. And then that was not the case at all. Nope. So I called all them liars. I like to <laughs> say say that first. Um, it was hard, but it was also, you know, it was like what I expected to an extent. I expected it to be cold. I expected it to snow. I knew I knew what I was getting into here. I wasn't expecting like sixty degree days in December. So I would have preferred it snowed maybe a little less than it did, but. It was, I think after the first time, like I got used to it um, and kind of knew more what to expect. The first time it snowed a lot, whenever that was, it was like, okay, it's happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> how will I survive? But once I knew I could do it and like, 
and there's something like i i think if it's gonna be cold i'd rather it just snow because then at least it looks nice yeah it's sure. gonna be cold anyway so <laughs> well, that's honestly, kind of my approach to it was there at least one or two times though where you might have walked outside your apartment and you were like what in god's name am i doing here i i had a a, a career going in charlotte i went to school in sunny california and now I am freezing to death in Buffalo, New York. That had to be one or two times, at least for in the moment. You're like, oh, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> oh, totally. I'm human. Like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, there was a time when like, you know, you're driving down the, to the bill. I'm driving down to Orchard Park and it's like sunny and there's no snow down there. And I'm driving away from my like, whatever, 16, you know, whatever it was. Sure. And it was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but yeah, you at uh, those moments came and it was <laughs> when it was the cold. The wind, though, for me is what I was. It was very windy. So windy. Yeah, <laughs> no was. one warned me properly about this wind. That was when I was like, I'm moving in a direction I did not intend <laughs> because of the wind. That it was like was Chicago so here. It was like Chicago this winter. It was way windier than a normal, typical Buffalo winter. But I'll tell you what, I mean, I'm, I'm sounding all doom and gloom with the weather. You live. <laughs> in the village and you are coming up to a very nice time of the year. It does get alive and the weather gets nicer. Awesome people watching lots of festivals going on stuff like that. Now you've had a little bit of time to, you know, during the off season, the, yeah, not all work. Like, so have, have you gotten to know your city a little bit better? I mean, I'm sure you still got a lot to learn, but you feel like you're starting to get a little more comfortable, not the professional side, just the personal side yeah. living and yeah. being here. Definitely. I mean, I love like part of why I picked um, Elmwood Village is I like like walking to think like I like the ability to sure. like walk and like there's such pretty houses like in these neighborhoods and like it's just cool to like see what's around here. Um, so, yes, definitely. I've, I'm so excited. I've heard lovely things about Buffalo like in the summer and I was I'm figuring out like trips or if I want to go somewhere. I was like, I want to make sure I'm here like enjoying this city and like yeah. what it's like when you know it's the sun is shining like I'm, I'm so excited even for this week i'm excited so there, yes definitely um i've gotten to explore some um still checking out some areas but it's been cool because i think there's like there's more neighborhood it's all buffalo like you said it's all buffalo it's all one but there's like different vibes like in different spots and i've been trying to kind of take those all in and figure out what all the different areas have to offer. So that's, that's been fun too. And there truly is a lot to do when, when it's this time of year or getting into this time of year. And I will say that the great thing about living in Buffalo, now, like I said, you, you were in California, you were in Charlotte where it's pretty much decent weather all year round. I've just spent five years in Florida where it's almost always hot. You, the one thing about Buffalo is when it gets to be this time of year, you do appreciate it more you don't take the days for granted. You want to go out. You want to get something done. You want to do something outside. Whereas, again, when you're in California or Florida and it's almost always nice, you just it's just another day. So that is the cool thing about Buffalo. I would be remiss before we uh, get to our fun fact finale. I, I would be remiss. You've been here long enough. Like, what's your take with chicken wings? And I know you probably <laughs> guesses, any, any, everybody probably asks you this, but like, do you have a couple favorite wing spots as of now? I'm sure you haven't gotten to, you know, all the places that you'd like to, but I'm sure you got to at least a few of them. You got a couple favorites yet? I do. So I like to say for the record, because I don't think I've had an opportunity to say this on the record somewhere. 
I hate ranch and like came in as like a big blue cheese person and uh-huh. something I'm really proud of. So <laughs> I just, I'd like you to You know say what to that. say. Good girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> no, think I ranch is disgusting. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, this is very boring, but um, to me, Barbell are, that's, that's my favorite. Um, I think it's fantastic. It is. Um, Everybody. So those are my, those are my favorite. I've had a couple. Like I've tried. I think I've tried. So Elmo's is one. I've been, Perino actually. I'm gonna call him out. We've been trying to schedule like to go, and it's been very difficult. So that's one I I must go to next. You must. Um, so that's on my list. I've tried some of the others that like people have like recommended the best, but to me. Barbell set like a bar. Oh, hate that. But I set a bar that like I haven't. That to me has been the best by far. They are. They're if they're not the best, they're one of the two or three best in Western yeah. New York. Very popular, and for good reason. I mean, they live a lot of places. Don't always live up to the hype, you know, with certain foods and things like that. But Barbell always does live up to the hype for sure. Before we get to the fun fact finale, I do. I want to ask you one Bills question, and this is the only Bills question I got for you today. Do you feel like right now, and again, you're 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 new to covering the team, but you, you also covered them last season, and you've gotten to know this organization fairly well. You look at everything that this team has run. Right you got Josh Allen going into his fifth year. You got continuity with uh, a lot of the coaches. I mean, they lost Dable, but Ken Dorsey got promoted. So there's a lot of continuity on the coaches. Staff. There's a lot of continuity among the players. They gained more than they lost this offseason. I mean, they signed Von Miller a year after drafting using their first two picks on defensive ends on paper, this team doesn't have any holes. Maybe they go into the draft needing a corner. They got one they, they, a pass catching running back. They got one. This team on paper looks the part and quite literally they are the betting favorite right now in Vegas to win the Super Bowl this year. Do you consider this? And, and this is a reason why I want to ask you this is because I know I'm going to get an objective answer, not a fan answer. Somebody who covers the team. Do you feel like this year, for the Bills, it's pretty much Super Bowl or bust. Like, if anything short of a Super Bowl this year should absolutely be considered a disappointment. Do you, do you agree with that? Yes, I do. Um, okay. I think, yeah. I I don't know what else, you know, sig- they can say whatever. If Signal, you signed Von Miller to me, that's no, it. You're I all mean- in. That's 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 about as all in as it gets. Sure. They gave him a ton of money. Like I don't think he's for his age. Like the amount, and he's still playing well. Like we all saw that in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. For sure, he's playing really, really well, and that's great. But they paid him a lot of money, and you don't do that if your goal is to like make it to the AFC Championship game. Right. Like, that's not. That's not. This is super. This team has the talent to win a Super Bowl, and that is the goal. And honestly, like, I mean, they'll be, I think they will be very good for years to come and they will continue to have a talented roster, but Josh Allen's contract amount, the amount he's counting against their cap is going to increase. And that is only going to make things more difficult. They'll still have a talented roster around him, but you know, it's, it doesn't get easier. So like they'll get more cap space as the cap, whatever. But yes, this year, I think when you look at the talent on this roster, what they've done, where they've been in the past couple of seasons, what this team can do. I mean, if they had, I mean, no one likes to play the scenario, but like they had a very good chance of it last year. And I think they have improved the roster this sure. off season. So yes, I mean, I think, I think at that this point, that's fair to say. 
Yeah, and I'll tell you, I mean, AFC Championship, two years ago, been there, done that. Last year, 13 seconds, that'll live in infamy forever with Buffalo sports fans. Should have been back to the AFC Championship. On paper, everything is there. And, you know, the last handful of years, it's been about process. Trust the process. Well, the process at this point needs to be the Super Bowl because anything short of that uh, was a disappointment. I'm, I'm glad you agree, but I wanted to ask because, again, I knew I would get a, a fair objective answer. Sometimes I get a little emotional and I start speaking as a fan <laughs> more than anything else. But anyway, all right, so here's what I want to do. I want to end this the same way I always do when I have someone out for the first time, and that's give fans to, an opportunity to know a little bit more about you by doing a fun fact finale. I'm just going to ask you some random questions, not like a lot of deep thought required, like whatever the first thing that pops in your mind just spit it out. And if you get stumped, so be it. Good to go? Ready. All right, man. Your favorite all-time athlete? <laughs> I do have a hard time with this. Um, so does I, almost everyone, by the way. I, to pick one is very hard. Um, I'm going to pick... Uh, <laughs> I think... I don't want to be hated on for this. I think for me, it's Troy Polamalu because he is the first athlete. I know it's not like a whatever he wasn't, whatever you feel sure. about him. But for me, that was like watching him fly around the field and like make some explosive plays and like the way he carries himself. Um, to me, that was like my favorite from a young age. And like now I've gotten into other sports, but I'm going to go with like my roots on that one. Troy, I, my son had a Troy Palomalu jersey and I, I disagree with you about one thing. I think 99% of even Bills fans understand that you weren't born and raised in Buffalo. So you are allowed to be fans <laughs> of other teams and other players. I think that's an excellent answer. All right, next one. Favorite city you visited. Now, again, you've lived Ooh. in some big time cities. What's like the favorite, your favorite city that you've like visited, whether it's a vacation, a working vacation, uh, a personal vacation, whatever it may be. Just a, a place you've been to like, man, this is this is awesome. That's a really tough question. I think mine would be, though, I've been to Amsterdam. Um, I went really? to Europe. Yeah. And that to me was like, I could see living here. Like it was just I love the vibes. Um, they all ride bikes. There was food is like a very important quality in like a city I like. Food is by far my maybe that when you asked what I was into food is like <laughs> my favorite, my hobby. I, I, I love to eat and like try different stuff. So to me that or it would also be um, I'm going to go international because I've lived in so many U.S. cities. I also really love Tokyo. Um, so when did you go to those? When did you go to Amsterdam and Tokyo? Um, in college, I actually did a Europe trip with my sister, which was really fun for a couple of weeks. So we visited a bunch of cities and then my yeah. And then in, we I visited Japan maybe three years ago um, and it was really, really cool. Do you still, traveling. do you still, I was going to ask you that. Do you still enjoy, <laughs> well, traveling on a personal basis is one thing. Do you enjoy going on road trips professionally, like covering the team? Because this is where I get a mixed bag. <laughs> I ask a lot of people this and some people love going on the road and some people may, may, I would say probably more of them are ones who've been doing it for a long time. It starts to become a little bit of a, a pain in the ass for them. And they'd rather just cover 17 home games a year if they could. Do you still, do you enjoy going to road games? I love it. I and yeah. I know I know a lot of people, like you said, who have gotten like to that. I've done this. And right. Like, and they're done that. Yeah. I love it. I think that's one of the coolest things. It's just me here. Like I don't I'm at a point where like I can travel and like I've gotten to go to so many cities. I probably would never have like there's a bunch on our schedule this year. I've 
actually never been to outside the Detroit airport. So that's going to happen this year. And oh, like, wow. Stuff like that, where it's like, I don't know how much I would have visited these cities. And we're, I will say I could have done without another trip to Kansas City <laughs> this year. I've, I've been to Kansas City like four times in like a very short. Um, it's been way too much. Right. Panthers like and whatever. I like Kansas City. <laughs> but overall, I really do enjoy it. Um, and you get to see like. I like checking out a new stadium and like what sure. the vibes are. It's really cool. So I, I'm a big fan. Who was your first celebrity crush that you could definitely remember? <sighs> this is going to be really bad, but it was definitely Donny Osmond. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was very young because we watched, um, I don't know if anyone will know this movie, but Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, he like, he sings in that and he's much younger than he is now. And that was, that was it for me. And my parents would love to hear that answer. So that's <laughs> that was not an answer that I expected. All right. <laughs> Respect though. I like that. All right. What is your, uh, what's your go-to snack? There's so many, um, <laughs> go-to snack. Does ice cream count? Is that a snack? Sure. <laughs> ice cream, any kind okay. of ice cream. <laughs> okay. What movie have you probably rewatched more than any other movie? Like movie you've seen a million times. It's close. It's either Remember the Titans, which is like, I, I love that movie. Um, or any of the Harry Potters. Those are my most watched. Okay. Um, call yourself out here a little bit. Like what's your worst habit? Like I'm a huge procrastinator for an example. Like what's your worst habit? Um, I'm probably like, I weigh over, I don't know if this is a habit or just like something I need to go to therapy for, but I like way overthink things. Like I like put way too much thought into like certain things in the sense that like planning, like making a decision. I'm like, oh, but it, like I could have a salad or a sandwich. And like, sometimes I like really put way too much thought into things like that. So I'm trying to be better about that. Okay. Name a TV game show. It could be something from the past. It could be something from the present where you feel like if you were on this game show, you think you would do well for yourself. I'm going to go because we, the Getzenberg family has talked about this a lot. I'm going to go with family feud because we've decided we would rock that. So <laughs> uh, that's what I'll go with there. That's a, that's a very popular choice. All right. A couple more here. So let's say instead of doing this via StreamYard right now, and we're two separate locations, you know, let's say I'm up in the Elmwood village and we're out somewhere. We're at Merlin's or something like that. We're having a, a couple of beers and they got karaoke going on. And I say, Atlanta, you know, get up there. I want, I want you to sing some, and at least in this world, and I obviously never heard you sing. I don't know if you can sing or not, but whether you can or not, in this world, you are a good singer. What is a song that you're going to get up there, put the slip in, and you're going to start singing, whether it's a fast song, whether it's a slow jam, whatever, maybe something that you think people are going to be really into? Okay, so I really have never done karaoke in my life, which is like, because I think I've been so good at avoiding it because it sounds horrifying <laughs> to me there's nothing good i would get out of that um we were trying to do it when actually we were down in new orleans for the saints game we were almost gonna do it as like a beat group but it didn't happen so maybe maybe another time but <laughs> um i think there's a couple i think i would really rock out to um party in the usa by miley cyrus like i think okay. that would be a good vibe for everyone so so i'll go with that you know it is funny too you say that i would like like I could sit here and, and do a live podcast at a, at a bar with many, many people there and not even blink an eye. I wouldn't even get nervous, but give me a mic and I got to sing something crippling anxiety. Even if there's four people in the bar, by the way, amongst you media people, 
I, I will say this. I don't know if you've Sal Capaccio actually is, is a pretty damn good singer. I don't know if, oh, if I, you knew I, that or not. So next time you talk to Sal, <laughs> Sal, I've heard from many, many people. Sal is a, uh, a good karaoke singer. All right, now, let's, let's hear this. <laughs> last, last couple here. So, and I actually, I'm interested in knowing this one because you admitted when you went to college at first, you didn't know what you were going to do. Let's just say you go to Cal Berkeley and you gave the writing thing a shot and it just wasn't going to work out for you. What do you think you may have went on to do with your life if you weren't covering the Buffalo Bills right now for ESPN.com? I have no idea. Uh, I actually have thought about this before and like have struggled to come up with an answer. I have a hard time thinking it wouldn't be something involved in sports. Maybe I would have done like sports marketing or something like that, but that really, so like (laughs) maybe something like that, or I could see like, I really am very passionate about food, which is like a weird thing to say, but like, I could see like being a, Food journalist would be something that I think would be really cool. I know that's kind of in a similar vein or like, I don't know, like opening up like a ice cream place or like something like that. Like, I think that would be, I don't know if I actually would have done it, but it sounds like something <laughs> would be fun. So I'll go who, with that. Who, what, we talked about Twitter earlier. Um, who mm-hmm. is your favorite Twitter follower whether, or Twitter follow? Whether it's another person, whether it's an organization, but we're going to make ESPN ineligible. So you can't say ESPN because <laughs> you work for them. But maybe a person... <laughs> Or, like I said, an organization or whatever it may be. Your favorite, like when you go on Twitter, the, the first thing you do is see if this handle tweeted. I'm going to give a shout out to, you mentioned Catherine Fitzgerald. I think I, this is like a very Buffalo media tip of the cap. Uh, her Twitter handle I know by heart is kfitz134. <laughs> I highly recommend. She's got some great jokes. She's I always, good. she's a fan. I ask her for Twitter advice all the time. She sometimes like bounces tweets off me and I have no idea why, <laughs> but she's a, she's a fantastic Twitter follow and tells great jokes. So I'll, I'll say her. She is good on Twitter. I'll tell you right now, if she wasn't a, a journalist, I would, I would suggest to her that she got a, a, a job doing social media for a team. Cause I think she it's would fantastic. be, she would be fantastic at it. All right. Two more here. Give, give us a fun fact about yourself that maybe a lot of people don't know. I used my States one already. That's usually the one I go with. Um, That is a good fun fact, too. It is a great fun fact. Um, hmm. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm very fun. Um, I... What is a fun fact about me? Well, you've um, kind of dropped a bunch of them through. I shouldn't have even asked you that because you already dropped a bunch between Tokyo and Amsterdam and uh, having interest in an ice cream shop. My hair is really naturally curly, I swear. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. I'm, I don't know if people, I don't know if this is a fun fact. Um, I don't know if a lot of people haven't known. So I'm Jewish and I think that my last name gives it away, but apparently to people in Buffalo, it does not because it's come up multiple times. Um, I speak like very little Hebrew, but that's a, a fun fact that maybe like the Buffalo community doesn't that is know cool. about me that, that, is that cool. came to mind. So That's cool. Good job. Okay, last one here. And it's the same question I always ask here. You could have three people, three famous people, dead or alive, from any era in time ever. And you could have them over to your house tonight, have dinner, a couple drinks, whatever. I don't know. Maybe you want to have a serious conversation. Maybe you want to laugh or a little combination of both. But you could pick three people to have at your table tonight. Who you got? I'm assuming like family members are excluded from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, they are. 
Okay, we'll do something. Unless funner. you got famous family members. <laughs> no, no, there's no famous Getzenbergs. Um, <laughs> okay, so I haven't really been asked this question before. I would say, um, so James K. Polk is my favorite president, but he like has a rough track record. But I think it would be fun to chat with him. So I'll put him at my table. Okay. Um, I've recently gotten really into F1, which is like a whole other thing, and I think it would be great. To have Lewis Hamilton at my table for sure. so many reasons. I think he'd be fantastic. Um, who else would I put there? Um, there's everyone else is so boring. Um, <laughs> there's so many people that would be so cool. Um, I don't know who my third person would be. Uh-oh. I can think of someone. Um, <laughs> I love I already have a president there, so I don't feel like I should put another no, no, one. No, no multiple presidents. Only not one. multiple presidents. That's so <laughs> lame. Who else am I would be really cool? Um, can I have Michael Jordan there too? I sure. think that would be a great one. Want Michael Jordan? Yeah, <laughs> that's not very exciting, but he'll he'll come to my table. Anyway. It works. It works. This was a lot of fun. Again, it's been so long since I've been able to have one of these episodes, and what a great guest. Landon Getzenberg, make sure you follow her on Twitter. A Getzenberg, check out ESPN.com. You do, I mean this, you do really good work. You're off to a great start here. I think you've developed a lot of popularity and it's just going to continue to grow. And I really look forward as you do get an opportunity to know this organization more and develop these relationships and stuff like that. I I can't wait to see what you got coming uh, in the future. This was a lot of fun. I got to learn a lot about you. I'm sure everybody listening and watching did as well. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, guys. And I will be back with another episode on Friday. Casual Friday with Joe Yurden. We will talk Buffalo Bills schedule release. Sabres will have a starting five draft. All kinds of stuff. My man, Joe Yurden. Talk to you guys soon.